Today's reading is taken from Philippians chapter two, verses twelve to thirteen. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with a fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a warped and crooked generation, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky, as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father. He has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me, and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs, for he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I, I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help. You yourselves could not give me. This is the word of the Lord. Great. Thank you, Lexi. Thank you, everyone. Time to go to God's word. We have no clicker. But、uh, let's pray as we come to God's word together. Father, thank you for your word. Please speak to us. And be at work in us to will and to act in order to fulfill your good purpose. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let me do this a little bit higher, maybe. Great. Yeah, as you've heard in the children's talk, we're talking about、uh, being distinctive today, shining like stars. Now, there's many reasons why people like to be different. Maybe teenagers they want to stand out, draw attention to themselves.、Uh, maybe just rebel. But of course, Christians have a very good reason to want to be distinctive, right? Why? Well, it's attractive. People see that Christians are different and want to know more, want to find out about the gospel. I, I don't know if you've ever had that—that that people notice something different about you, that they just, hey, you're, you're not like the others.、Uh, I don't know. I was a project manager once for London Underground.、Uh, you can imagine. Trying to manage construction projects in a, a government operation in the UK, the amount of bureaucracy, so much frustration. You can imagine what these project managers were like. And one of them told me once, "I notice you never curse."
Right? You can imagine people, all the swearing going on and someone who doesn't swear. I don't know what it is. Maybe uh, the way you deal with suffering. Maybe the way you love people, the way you pay attention to those that others don't uh, pay attention to. All kinds of things that maybe, yeah, you are different. And that's a beautiful thing because people see that, people see Christianity is real, and they want to know more about Jesus. And maybe, yeah, uh, at some point they become Christians, they get baptized, wonderful. Well, Paul calls that shining like stars isn't it? If we shine like stars, that in the darkness there's these points of light, these bright, attractive pictures. Now, I don't know how much you see that here in Hong Kong. It's very smoggy at the moment, I think, or foggy. Uh, there's all the apartments, all the natural, artificial light here. You don't see much. But have you ever been outside, really in the countryside with clear skies? And you see this, this sky, and it's just so black, and then these beautiful lights. Isn't that so attractive? so different uh, I, I was yeah once I think in France outside Paris somewhere and it was so clear and you lie on the floor you look up beautiful that is the image here shining like stars in the dark and the thing that shines yeah it's it's our lives isn't it look at verse 15 what does Paul want so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation and then you will shine among them like stars in the sky yeah? it's uh, blameless lives pure lives without fault children of God who so clearly well are in God's family belong to him um, so different from the darkness I mean that's why you notice it because it's different from the darkness I mean the stars are shining right now outside you just don't notice it because of the sun, right? But if it's dark, then you see it, and it is in the midst of, well, a warped and crooked generation. A generation. They're children, but something's wrong, right? They're warped, crooked. It's not as it should be for people living without God. But the right children are there, shining like stars, giving hope to the broken, sinful world. Verse 16, as you hold firmly to the word of life, at the gospel, we hold it out for people to see, to come to know Jesus. That's the picture. I hope you want that. I hope as a Christian you, you would love to see that. You'd love to see the church shining, people coming to know Jesus. I, I know we need each other and life is hard. But we have a bigger purpose, right? Shining like stars. And today will help us, well, become such a church. What can we do? What do we need? to become like that. And so this is why we, I hope we will listen carefully to Paul. Now what things do we need to know and do to become such a church? The first thing I think we need to be clear on, God's work and ours. Because that is where Paul starts as we, yeah, we start after uh, the beautiful hymn of Christ uh, that we looked at last week. But uh, how does he start? Therefore, my dear friends, verse 12, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Now, many people, what does it mean, work out? Many people think, okay, my salvation, I need to achieve it. I need to do things to be saved. Now, you've been already saved if you trust in Jesus. He did everything. 
This is just doing it. Imagine eh, you, you get a project at work. Okay, here's the project, this is your job. Now, you know, <laughs> put it into action, put it into practice, do it, right? Produce it. Uh, that is what he wants. He wants this group of people, okay, I've told you eh, last week, put others first, don't look to your own interests, now go and do it. But the funny thing is, whose work is it? Because there is a command to work it out, but then verse 13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It is God's work. Now, I hope that encourages you. <laughs> you know, um, putting yourself last, making, putting others first last week, that's a hard. We're going to see some more hard stuff in a moment. Do everything without grumbling. You may think, how can I do that, possibly? Well, Paul says, you know, you can do it because God is at work in you. It's not just you. God is at work in you by his spirit. You know, it's not just a car. There's an engine inside, right? And God is at work making your mind like Christ. You want to do it. As a result, he is empowering you. Don't, aren't you sometimes amazed at yourself that, oh, I should have lost my temper, but I didn't. Wow, you know? God is at work in me. But I think others of us, we need to hear the challenge. Because it says, work out your salvation. Normally, if, if one person does the work, the other doesn't have to, right? I buy the milk, EJ doesn't have to. And we think, you know, it's God's work, so I don't have to. I can let go and let God. That is not what Paul says. He says, you work because God works. Where well, we go. You, you, yeah, it's your work. You can't sit back. You know, if we want to live a blameless, pure life, you know, we need to try. We need to do it. We need to fight sin. We need to put others first actively. We need to, yeah? And sometimes you meet a Christian, and they've been a Christian for decades, but they're, yeah, they're not very mature, and they say, well, yeah, God still needs to grow me more. Now, that is partly true, yeah. It's God's work to grow you through the gospel, through coming to church and hearing the words. But, you know, are you trying? Are you actively fighting sin? Or do you just, yeah, oh, I'm still tempted. God hasn't done enough in me yet. No, we need to be active. Yeah? That's the first thing. But, like what then? Well, the second thing, Paul says, a way to put it into practice no grumbling. No grumbling. Verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. And no complaining. No annoyed faces. No protests. Everything without grumbling. Now you may wonder why is that suddenly here? <laughs> right? No grumbling. No uh, arguing. I think it makes a lot of sense. Last week, if you were there, eh, verse 4. Don't look to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Eh? Put, yours, put others first. Don't insist on your own way, go others' way. Now, why do you grumble? Why do I grumble? I know when I grumble, it's when I don't get my way. Right? It's exactly what he says, you know? Put others first and, and don't grumble about it. Eh? If I have to do things I don't want to, that's when I grumble. And so maybe you hear this, okay, all right, you have your way, but I'm not really happy about it. Okay, all right, that's fine, I'll do this. I will go and serve there, but all right. That is not what Paul wants. 
Yeah? As you put others first, as you serve, you know, don't grumble. It's not just the action, it's the attitude. God also wants your heart to be different, not just your actions. And of course, as Christians, we, we can do this, right? Because we have the gospel. And one thing that stands out in Philippians is all the joy. So many commands to rejoice. That's the opposite of grumbling, right, and arguing, that we rejoice in the gospel. And, yeah, the gospel makes us rejoice. Think about it, right? You were a sinner. You were lost. And then Jesus came and died for you. Yeah? You totally didn't deserve it, but Jesus did that for you. And now you have a relationship with him. You have eternal life. <laughs> Shouldn't that give you joy? Yeah? Often we think, oh, well, I work hard. I deserve a good life. I deserve to have my way. Entitlement. Maybe apparently young people especially, the key word that people say about millennials, young, younger people, they feel entitled. I deserve it. I deserve a good life. Now, have you read the Bible? <laughs> the only thing we deserve for our sin is judgment, right? We deserve nothing. And yet Jesus made himself nothing for you. He died for you, given you everything. There's this American pastor, C.J. Mahaney. Whenever you ask him, how are you? He says, better than I deserve. Why does he say that? He wants to remember the gospel, uh, to make him thankful and joyful, stop him grumbling. Uh, wouldn't it be so different, you know? Wouldn't it shine? Uh, if we lived lives of joy, if even when it's hard, even when we don't get our way, you know, it's all right, I've got Jesus. Uh, the gospel's going out, I'm, I'm happy. It talks about a warped and crooked generation. That's a, an expression about grumbling, in the, the Israelites grumbling in the desert. Look around you. You see a lot of grumbling, right? I mean, Hong Kong people, they're quite quiet. They don't seem to say much. But are, if you're in the MTR in the morning, I mean, do you see many happy faces? Is there real joy as people go to work? Everyone's just on their phone or revising, but it's not happy. I have three children, and as you know, they're very lively, you know, and when I bring them to school, they just, you know, they, they run, and they play, and they chat, and they're completely different from the rest. It makes me feel embarrassed sometimes, you know, uh, guys be like, <laughs> but no, they're just happy children, and so many people are not. That is what we want to change, right? These are people without hope without joy, without anything great to look forward to. And we have it. We have the gospel. We have the word of life. Don't you want to hold it out? And doesn't it motivate you? And if you're here as a visitor, maybe you're not a Christian, you know, this is for you too. If you come to Jesus, you know, you've got a wonderful future, a new creation, a perfect world of love, joy, and peace, all your sins forgiven, back with your creator, it's the most wonderful, joyful thing there is. Please talk to me afterwards if you want to know more. But yeah, that is shining like stars, like if we don't grumble, if we have joy. But, okay, what does that look like more? So, so far it's just do things, but what help can we have? We have God working in us. But as Paul goes on, there's, there's more help that we have. And that is from 19 to 30. 
And these verses are a bit weird. I don't know how you found the reading. And when Paul talks about, okay, I'm going to send Timothy, and I hope to come soon myself, and also I'm sending Epaphroditus, all these kind of travel plans. Now, if you read your Bible, usually that's in the last chapter. Why do we have it here? There's a very good reason for that. If you look closely, why is he sending Timothy? What, what is so, why is he so positive about Timothy? Look at verse 20. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But that's the same thing that he asked them to do, right? Don't look out for your own interests. And so he says, I'm sending you Timothy, and you know, here is someone who doesn't look to his own interests, unlike everyone else. And so I think what Paul wants is that we learn from others. Yeah? Here comes Timothy. Hey, guys, look at this guy. He looks out for your interests, unlike others. And Epaphroditus, you know, he uh, is from them. He went to bring a gift to Paul. He nearly died, it says, but thankfully God had mercy on him. But verse 29, so then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. Again, you know, here's a great guy because he, you know, he, t he, he tells you yeah, he risks his life. And that is what I want you to do, right? I want you to make decisions for the gospel. I want to... I want you to have lives that are centered for the gospel. And whether you live or die, it's all Christ. That's what I want you to be like. So learn from him. Because, you know, we need living examples. It's good to point to Jesus, but Jesus isn't here. And, and the cross is not exactly like what it's like to put others first in the workplace. How can we see what it's like in practice from others? I mean, in 25 minutes, I can't tell you everything about living a blameless life, but you can learn from each other, right? And so, yeah, he gives all these examples. Uh, Timothy, who just, you know, he, uh, yeah, he cares for others. <laughs> and and you know, in Epaphroditus, he risks his life for the gospel. Uh, Paul himself, you know, uh, he has joy, even though he's in prison. Be like that. Be like me. I don't know, in our church various people uh, you want to know about joy and suffering I mean spend time with Reese and Katura if you uh, if they're not in hospital you know the what they've gone through and the fact that they're still trusting God we can learn from that maybe you want to see what it's like to prioritize church when you have a demanding job uh, look at some of our church committee members you know people who make church a priority even though yeah they're senior all kinds of people, uh, other people here who have very busy lives and yet serve. It's great to see that. And if you're a younger Christian, you can learn from that. Uh, risking your life for the gospel. We have mi missionaries here who regularly risk their lives. And actually, you know, their faith, the way they trust God, the way they're happy to do that. They're a great example. But you need to spend time together. I saw a lot about keeping going as a Christian when I regularly visited a 100-year-old lady in a retirement home back in England because she was a member of our church. You know, it's a very miserable place. 
And yet she was full of joy in the Lord because she could see him at work, uh, the way he cared for her. But I would never see that if I didn't go and visit, if I didn't spend time. And that's so hard, right, in Hong Kong. But try to spend time with people. That's how we grow as Christians. That's how we learn about the Christian life. Uh, just uh, go to links groups. And it's not just a study. Actually, you spend time together. And you see what a Christian life is like by learning from someone more mature than you. Yeah? So maybe you're a younger Christian. Ask someone who is older than you. Can we have lunch together? And think about your Christian life. You know, how would you do this? And ask them. What a great chance. Maybe you're an older Christian. Take the initiative. Ask a younger Christian. You know, uh, let's have lunch together. So what are you struggling with? Uh, how do you find being a Christian in your workplace? And, and you can talk. And, you know, we can disciple one another. That is what Jesus said, right? Disciples making disciples. But not just people who know stuff but to live it out. And we learn it from each other. And even better than lunch, why don't we, you know, share life together? Yeah, because you think, hear this and you think, okay, this all costs extra time. Wouldn't it be so much better if we could spend time together as part of our normal life? And so if you have people over for dinner in your house, it doesn't cost any extra time. You're having dinner anyway. But you can talk and, you know, they see your life and, you know, you're reading the Bible with your kids and they see that and, you know, you do the dishes together, that kind of thing. That, wouldn't that be so much better? Usually when we think of, you know, having people over, we, we entertain, right? We clear up the house and we get the candles out and a very special meal and we treat them as guests. No, no, just sharing your normal life. Because it's family, right? We're church family. Imagine having an extra child, you know, <laughs> uh, like that. If we do that, uh, some people are very good at that. John and Lisa Del Favaro, they, they, they so often have people over, just share in normal life and you learn so much from an, uh, an older, mature Christian couple. So can we do that? Uh, it's uh, maybe, you know, before Chinese New Year, can you meet up with one person? Just one lunch or one dinner? Something like that. Can, can you try and do that? That gives you three and a half weeks. Just something like that. So can, can you try it? But I, I hope you want to do this. Right? That's the thing. Um, I think we have our own lives and we're busy. Can we see the bigger picture? Because that's where we started, right? Shining like stars. And we want to be out there. We want to live these beautiful, blameless lives. But if we don't grow, if we don't do it, it's not going to happen. So, so look again at this picture. Look again at uh, what Paul wants. And, and can we do this? You know, let's try and live blameless lives. Let's, let's work on our grumbling. And let's learn from each other as we spend time together and, and help each other. And then, yeah, we can be this beautiful, shining church. That's what Jesus did. Uh, Paul, Timothy, Epaphroditus, let's play our part. Now it is our turn. Why don't we pray? Father, thank you for this beautiful picture, shining like stars. And we want that. Uh, we want to live blameless lives. We know we have our struggles and our busyness, 
and yet here is such a great purpose for us. Help us to put in the effort, help us to work out our salvation, uh, to watch our attitudes as well as our actions, and help us to encourage each other and learn from each other that together we would strive for the gospel, together we would live out uh, these beautiful lives uh, that we pray would attract people to the gospel, uh, would see people saved, that they may too come to know you. Please uh, do this work in us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Well, let's sing this uh